hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Awesome. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning to our on-view liners, um, <laughs> viewers online. Um, as you can hear, I'm a bit nervous. Haven't been able to do this for quite a few years. <laughs> Bringing my testimony here this morning, as I was asked to share, I just want to say to you, it's an honor and a privilege to be here and to share what I've got to share. As I was asked to share my testimony, I thought, if I could give it a name, what would the name of my testimony be? So God showed me it would be the power to overcome. So before I share, let's just pray. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here, Lord. Thank you that through your Holy Spirit, you will use me to glorify your name, Lord to lift up your name above all names, to give you honor and glory here on earth, Lord, as it is our purpose to do so, Father. And that, Father, as you've touched me, may your Holy Spirit fall upon us and touch everyone here. We ask it all in Jesus' mighty name. Hmm. Um, I think... As we started with the South African, with this testimony series, I think we're going to finish with the South African. So, uh, as you know, not a lot of you will know me personally, but my name is Henry Lawrence. My middle name is Moses. No, I'm not that Moses, but I know that it would have taken a lot for him to overcome what he had to overcome. So as you can hear from my accent, I was born in Pretoria, South Africa. And I think there will be a photo of my, my lovely family. <clears throat> what an amazing family that God's blessed me with. Um, I'm part of four siblings, uh, where unfortunately the youngest one died recently. Um, the eldest is still in South Africa. My second eldest sister is in Korea, and I'm here in New Zealand. Um, I'm married to Chloe. What an amazing woman to have by my side, and my two awesome boys, Juan and Jesse. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me with a family like that. Uh, we immigrated to New Zealand in 2004. Uh, me, Chloe, and Juan, and in about, around about 2015, correct me, Jesse, if I'm wrong, God added you to our family as well when we stayed in Gravemouth, <clears throat> as he shared with you last year, his testimony. Um, as I said, I was born and raised in Pretoria. As life started for me, it wasn't the greatest. Uh, we lived in a tent uh, for the first couple of years of life. Thank you, Lord. We didn't have it well off. 
And sometimes dad had to go and play darts and pool for drinks. And him and the bartender had an agreement that they would put the money aside every game he won. And at the end of the night, they will share the money 50-50. And as I said, although my dad was a hard worker, he tried his best to provide for us as a family. But he started drinking. And as you know, that caused a lot of problems in families. He got drunk, angry, and he would start breaking things and just do stupid stuff which I hated and I could not understand it at that time of my life. This led me to not having the greatest relationship with my father on an early age. I guess he only knew what he knew because of the way he was raised. On my, my mom on the other side, she did her best even if dad was dad, she loved him regardless. I could never understand why she just didn't took us and leave. But I guess today I can understand. Because you know, she loved God. And one of my fondest memories of her is spending time with God early in the mornings and every evening before she went to bed. And that drew me into a closer relationship with God because it fascinated me. Why? Why would she would do that? And on the days when she could go to church, I would have loved to go on with, but my dad would get angry. He would refuse to take her and said, that's a thing for women to do, not for men. Now, unfortunately, because I had a bad relationship with my dad and the things I saw him do, I became very angry and confused. I never felt good enough or loved by him. Sadly, also in my childhood, I was interfered with sexually. And that happened for quite a while. I felt hurt, confused, disappointed and angry. As I could not understand why this was happening. And and it felt to me, mom and dad didn't believe me when I told them about it, because nothing was done about it. And during this time, we moved to a remote west coast area in South Africa, which was on about six hours drive from Cape Town, just below the Namibian border, where my dad got a job as a diesel mechanic. And in this mining town, if you had a family and you were working for this mine, they would give you a house depending on the size of your family and the water and electricity would be free. And I thought, wow, things are really lighting up for us as a family. But unfortunately, my dad still drank at times and our relationship got worse. My anger started getting out of control and if people rubbed me up the wrong way, I would be on top of them and beat them up. I was lashing out and I just hated life at that stage in my life. And I was also contemplating taking my own life. I can remember an incident when I got so angry with my sisters after an argument. They ran and they locked themselves in the bathroom and I went and grabbed a knife and I stabbed it through the door. And I knew, wow, things are getting out of hand. My anger is out of control. I needed help desperately but I didn't know where to go for help or even who to ask. And where we lived rurally in South Africa, 
there was only a primary school on the mine, so we had to go to boarding school when we went to high school. And as you know, for a skinny, insecure 12-year-old, going to boarding school was quite hard. And I think also, sadly, some of her life's hard lessons was about to come my way. I was bullied a lot at school. I learned that I couldn't trust anyone and that I had to rely on my own self and I had to fight for everything I wanted in life, literally and figuratively speaking. I had to protect myself from hurt and being hurt, so I thought. Now, being at boarding school, we had to go to church every weekend on Sundays if we did not go home. Looking back at this, I think it was a blessing in disguise because during that time, one of the teachers invited me to a prayer group at his place where I prayed, give my heart to the Lord in 1986. Um, I will never forget what the teacher told me. I can't remember what I prayed, but the teacher told me that was one of the most powerful prayers he has ever heard. I can't remember what it is, but those words of the teacher stuck to me till today. Now, I wish I could tell you that everything changed from there on in, and that life got better, and that all my problems went away. But sadly, it didn't. I backslided. I did not grow in my faith. And then I decided to run away from boarding school, where I was caught by the police in Bloemfontein, which was a very far away from home. And at that stage, mom and dad didn't have a vehicle. Dad had to organize a friend to take them down there, and he had to put fuel in the vehicle. My dad was not very impressed with me, but honestly, I didn't care. At that time, life felt pretty meaningless to me. Also, because of this, my parents had to put me in another boarding school because I was expelled from this one. <laughs> After school, the next school that I went to, there I met a friend. She invited me over to their house every weekend when I did not have to go home on weekends. And they just loved on me. Unconditionally, the family accepted me for who I was. They didn't want to change me. They didn't want to make me into something that I was not. And the father took me under his wings and he taught me what the love of a father is like. And at that stage, it meant the world to me. But because of my anger and my low self-esteem at the time in my life, <clears throat> me and myself and two friends got ourselves in a bit of trouble because we were arrested by the police for breaking and entering. We were kept in jail until our trial date where luckily the judge decided not to send us to, to jail, but gave us a second chance in life. He gave us a three-year suspended sentence, so in that three years, what he said is, if you did anything wrong, you will get a year's jail's time. And, if you, and whatever they decide to give on top of that at that stage. Praise God, 
He helped me to tuck in my head, listen to my dad, because he said to me, even though your beard is hanging on your knees, my boy, you will finish high school. So I finished high school. As I finished high school, I started my apprenticeship as a diesel mechanic at the beers, the mine my dad was working. And at that stage in South Africa, military service was still compulsory. I was called up and I had to do my military service. I became a lieutenant in the South African Defence Force. I was placed in 3-2 Battalion, which was one of the elite units in South Africa. But here, I entertained a lifestyle of drinking, partying and everything that goes with it. My life was still upside down as I had not yet dealt with the things in my past. After the military service, I went back to the mining town, finished my apprenticeship, and at this time, I went to a crayfish festival in Lambert's Bay, where I met my lovely. We dated long distance, and we got married in 1995. After four years of struggling to conceive, we finally had Sean. My boy. And I thought, I'm going to be the best dad ever. But unfortunately, because I didn't have the best of relationship with my dad, and I didn't have the best example, I made some silly mistakes in my life. You see, Judge, if the past is not dealt with, if it's not healed and broken off you, it will keep on repeating and repeating and repeating itself from generation to generation to generation. If we want to predict our kids, we've got to be the breakthrough generation. It starts with us. It starts with us, right here, right now. And in this time, me and Chloe also ran into marital problems. We trust was broken from my side, and the thought of divorce came up. But praise God, he had other plans for us. We immigrated to New Zealand in 2004 for a better opportunity for us as a family. And things were starting to turn bad in South Africa. And our boy had to witness something that I wouldn't want kids or you name it, actually anybody should not experience what he has experienced at that time. We literally sold up everything, came with a few suitcases filled with clothes, our photo albums and my tools. I found a job in Hamilton. There we stayed for a couple of years before we had an offer to come down south. Now coming to New Zealand, I think that was my saving grace. While we were in Hamilton, we joined the Destiny Church, and everybody said to me, no, no, don't join them, they're a cult, you can't go to that church. But I think it was the best decision in our lives. Because you know what? God met us there. He discipled us, he healed us, he restored us, and he started training us with the people that was in that church. We both got baptized, and God started to do the deep work of healing inside of me. In this time, he helped me to overcome my anger, 
my disappointments in life, my addiction to cigarettes and pornography, which was a big part of my life. And he also challenged my drinking habits. Because one day, I heard Juan say to his friend, when I'm a grown-up, I would like to drink to, like my dad. And I thought, what an example am I setting for my son? So I gave it up, cold turkey, never drank again. But praise God that he met me where I was. An angry, bitter, broken, hurt, and a confused man, which was disappointed in life by many. And, and the church held an encounter weekend for men. And that is where God met me face to face. He restored me. He made me whole, and he set me free from the things that was destroying my life and my marriage. Now, all of the healing didn't happen overnight. God gradually restored me. He built me up, and it was a journey full of ups and downs, highs and lows, just like a real roller coaster ride. But God was, it, was in it all. And the process of healing started in me as I kept allowing God to do the work within me. From Hamilton, we moved south to Blenheim, where we joined the Elam Church there, and God continued to bring the healing and growing in me. Eventually, we moved over to Greymouth, where we were for 12 years, and I can remember me and Chloe going on our knees when we got there, and we said, Lord, we just want to bring a bit of stability in Juan's life, so if we can just stay here till he finishes high school, we would really appreciate that. And in that 12 years, we served the Elam Church there, which the last five years of that 12 years, we became the pastors of that Elam Church. Chloe was the leading pastor, and I was a field service diesel mechanic. Um, in that time that we were leading the church, say about the fourth year, I think um, COVID happened, I was made redundant, and there were not any jobs going on the West Coast because I was working for an OEM, and the mines at that stage didn't want any of the OEMs on the mines, they just wanted their own people there. But fortunately for us, the mines said, they will take us in, they will give us a job, but that meant for me that I would be working seven on, seven off, 12-hour shifts, which meant I was there in Westport for seven days of my life working, and then I would go back home to Greymouth for seven days spending time with my family. Now, at that stage, especially when I was on, Chloe was leading the church all by herself, just with a small leadership team. This wasn't working for us at all. So we decided to cast our nets wider and look for work elsewhere. And that's when God brought us to Ashburton. And I think one of the hardest tests in life was awaiting me here, the testing of my faith. My brother, which I told you passed away recently, he was living in Australia at that stage and he was diagnosed with liver cancer. Now, in Australia, it would have cost him a lot of money to go for treatment over there, 
but because he was a New Zealand citizen, he could come back and they wanted to trial a new drug with him for liver cancer. And they moved back to New Zealand and he just moved in down the road at, um, at Rakaia. And because of the, the, the side effects that drugs would have had on him, he refused to take it. The cancer got worse, and to see your brother, a big man of over 100 kgs, to fade away in front of your eyes was extremely hard for me. I prayed and I pleaded with God for healing, but it didn't come. And in that same time, my dad was also diagnosed with liver cancer. Now, I just want to mention here that just before dad was diagnosed, mum prayed for about 48 years for him before he decided to give his life to the Lord. And the power of prayer works. It works miracles in our lives and around our lives. But as I was saying, my dad was also diagnosed with liver cancer. And at that stage, the second wave of COVID hit us. And Juan was made redundant in Queenstown. He found another job. But as things went sideways for him, he decided to come back home. I won't go into all the details because that's his story to tell. He decided to move back home. At that stage, Jesse was going through a hard time as well, as he shared with us last year in Christchurch, and he also came back home. So in less than two months, I lost my brother, my father, my brother-in-law, my cousin. My boys was going through a tough time. I was having a tough time that I had to deal with and handle. I was broken. I wanted to fix everything like we as men do, but I couldn't fix it. So I felt like a failure. I felt hopeless and overwhelmed. I was asking God, what the hell was going on? I will be honest with you. It felt like I was punished for something I didn't know I did wrong in my life. I was confused and angry. I was asking God, why me? Why my family? And it felt to me at that stage like I was losing my faith in God. We were under attack and I had no idea why. It became overwhelming to a point where Chloe had to endure a lot of my outbursts. She had to be there for me she had to be there for the boys. I didn't know what to do, and I don't know what I would have done without you, my love. You are a strong pillar in our lives. You are the glue that keeps our family together. One, every, one evening, everything just got too much to me. I phoned Pastor Carl, and I said to him, I need to talk. I had to get things off my chest. He was glad for me to come over right there and then. We sat down and thank you for that. 
you helped me through a lot at that stage. At that stage also, God laid it on my heart to get a mentor. And that mentor helped me a lot with what I was facing, what I was going through, and how to do it, or how to deal with everything. You see, unfortunately, setbacks in life happens all the time to all of us. There's nobody that's accepted from that. And then we've got a choice. How are we gonna react to what is happening in life? We had a choice to either react to circumstances or to respond to them. That's one thing that Claudie taught me, the difference between reacting and responding. Because we can react like what I did, I took it out on the loved ones close to me. Or we could respond by inviting God into our situations and allow us to deal with them with His help and His Holy Spirit within us. And I guess as my topic of my testimony is this morning, the power to overcome. This is exactly what God looked, did for my life as I look back on my life. God is amazing. God helped me to overcome so many things in life and without Him intervening, I probably would not have been able to stand here today to share my testimony with you. I would probably either have been dead or I would have been in jail, still dealing with my past. I hope that what I'm sharing here with you today shows you what an amazing, great God we serve. That He can help us through anything in life, especially when you think you are unhelpable. And also, when I thought what I have done and what was done to me was unforgivable. God showed me that He can help you because He is there every step of the way with each and every one of us. Praise God that I can stand here before you today healed, set free from self-destruction and low self-worth, anger and addiction, he helped me to forgive those who wronged me. He helped me to forgive myself. God restored my relationship with my wife when I thought it was unsavable. He restored my relationship with my father. He gave, he gave me the strength to endure the lost ones of my loved ones. You see, I had to rely on God to gain faith, and to gain the strength and the power to carry on. When I was at my weakest, the Holy Spirit, God and the Son became my strength inside of me. He gave me the strength to carry on. God is the only one that can help us through our struggles, our trials and those dark places in our lives where we don't want to be. He might not take it all away, but he promised to be there every step of the way. He is the one to help us overcome. He is the one that gives us the victory. He is the one that takes our messes 
and makes it into a message. He heals us, He restores us, and He reconciles us with our loved ones. Although I did not understand why I had to go through all of this, God showed me His grace was sufficient enough for me. It had to be church, as I had nothing in me. Today I realize that the enemy was out to get me from a very young age. He wanted to destroy my life. He used others and myself with my actions and decisions to do so. He was after my identity. He was after the man he knew I can become. You see, church, stubbornness, anger, low self-worth, addictions, that's a very, very bad concoction. And it can take you to the depths of hell. But thank God. God can help us through everything in our past, in our present and also the future that he has for us. And thank God that I didn't allow my setbacks to define me of who I am, but to use them for setups for my future. My setbacks became my setups. And by the grace of God, I am now able to sit with men who struggles with anger, low self-worth, with addictions, and men who were sexually abused to help them on their journey towards healing, restoration, and freedom. By not what I can do for them, but to actually introduce them to Jesus, the one that helped me through what I was facing. As I bring it to a close, I would like to read three verses out of the Bible which which those words of God spoken, it makes it so powerful. And I would like to share that with you this morning. The verse is John 16, 33. We will start with the New Living Translation. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The Passion Translation stipulates it as the following. And everything that I have taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you, and I will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience troubles and sorrows. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. The message version. I've told you all this so that trusting in me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart. I have conquered the world. That is God's promise to each and every one of us. My prayer for everyone this morning that might be struggling with stuff, 
that is facing stuff right now is that you will walk out of here knowing that through God you are an overcomer. Now, if anything that I've shared with you this morning has touched you in any way whatsoever, or if you are struggling with low self-esteem, anger, addictions, unforgiveness, or if there is need of, you know, restoring of relationships, it doesn't matter what age you are. Even if you are facing things in your life that you are going through, with life happening at home, please, please church, don't be afraid to ask for help. That is not a weakness, it's actually a strength. So I'm inviting you, if any of this is happening in your life, please come so that we can pray for you. Thank you church, thank you for listening. Stay there, Henry. Stay up here with me. I just want to honour you for having the uh, courage to share what you shared this morning. And uh, I just want to honour you for all the wrestling you've done for many years with God to be who you are. And uh, we thank you for what you shared and all the learning and unlearning and relearning that you've done to share what you've shared with us today. And uh, there's been many many times you've had to choose Jesus yep. you've chosen him again and again and again and so uh, can we just give him one more round of applause thank you so much